This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 77, recorded March 28th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Wi-Fi Wong. Yeah, no kidding. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Boy, what a bunch of fun. Wow, so... Good news and bad news, yeah. One, we're back. Yeah, good news is the meetup went really well. Boy, what a lot of fun. Uh, We had a blast. We had a really fun discussion in the Modern Geek uh, roundtable. You know, ironically, I saw that somebody left a voicemail immediately right after the Modern Geek panel, too. Yeah, which is awesome because I can't play it right now because... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so we put together the best mobile podcast rig. We get to... I forget we can geek out about that here. We put Mm. together the best mobile podcast rig in all history for this this thing. It was simple. It worked. I mean, we actually did with, with maybe a tenth the gear from the previous year. We provided a great streaming run with a with a good for the main podcast with a a great recording of it and mm-hmm. and uh, good sound reinforcement in the room. We even had some speakers because we had enough. There were fifty some odd people there, so that was a nice room for it too. It oh didn't man, kind of bounce back on it or anything. It, no, it, it was, was great. Good. There was just enough bounce back that you could hear us in the room, so we didn't have to wear headphones. And, and like, yet it, it hit, we hit record, and like three seconds later, y'all are like. Out of hell with headphones. <laughs> well, you could hear enough. It was fine, and yet, mm. it, yet it was quiet enough that it, it easily filtered in the. Um, you know, our ears are much more omnidirectional than than these uh, cardioid mics. So, right. Yeah. Anyway, really good, great experience. Wonderful. Got back and and uh, the mix worked out really well. I was really happy. Nobody commented on my fun uh, little uh, detail mix in the bump in between. But hey, anyway. Well, it hasn't been out that long yet, so uh, g- give <laughs> no, us some no, time. Nobody will. It's an audio geek thing. But bottom line is, man, it all worked really great. And then it went downhill from there. And then it all got screwed up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this rig, we rebuilt this podcast rig in uh, three years ago, right? Yeah. Um, middle of 2010. Yeah. into it's awesome modern form. And Boy, some of the, I mean, some of the hardware in it was, was low buck anyway, and it's <laughs> its just been, uh, it, it is beyond end of life. So uh, we, we're in overhaul time, I do believe. I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing uh, a podcast well, rig overhaul. To, to give it some kind of uh, meaning, the machines we got for the Skype rig and for the, uh, for the cart deck and everything were end of life. Um, when we started yeah no, yeah they they were you know companies buy you know 400 computers and then they sell them off at the end and uh yeah <laughs> those are the ones we're like you know we'll buy those and use them <laughs> uh, like listen p4 2.3s or something like that you know the truth is DDR one ram we totally wanted to bitch about it and everything so we were sitting around going rah 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 and then we're like you know we paid a we paid like 90 bucks a piece for these computers three years ago yeah, I'm like, you know, it's been three years, right, Chuck? No, it hasn't, I, I think it hasn't, we, hasn't been that long, right? Yep. I think we got our money's worth, man. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't really complain that and like a, no. a trip to uh, to the local cable shop for yeah. for maybe fifty bucks worth of cables and I mean Hey, they still work. 
They still work. Those <laughs> oh, the cables will be fine forever. Maybe the adapters on the end will replace. But uh, this desk has got to go so, too, man. This poor thing is uh, so has seen its day. Yeah. Well, incidentally, in terms of Wi-Fi, what we've done is now the streaming rig has turned into the Skype rig. <laughs> yeah, we're like you know. So anyway, yeah, it's a total patch together uh, system. But hey, but you know, we're just we were just like both at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, we just want a podcast. Podcast or no, something in so that we could do this. So we'll quit whining about that. But just we just want you to know that the reason we're not playing calls right now is because the rig (laughs) is in shambles and it's an incredible. We uh, did we did get a few. Um, it was it's it's always really cool with that. Um, we will. I also had my own level of tech issues. Ah, uh, beyond the fact that my desktops are you know randomly shutting down at various times. They're 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 about six years old, so you know they're they're getting they're getting their uh, value so out of. I, I think I have the answer to this problem. Well, yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> I uh, so I I we had a power surge the other day. It was really windy last week, and at one point you had that point where it just power on, power off, power on, power off, power on, power off. And stupid me did not have a UPS there to condition the power. Don't. So when the power came back. My router box was dead. I run an Astaro, uh, uh, I guess it's called Sophos now, uh, the unified uh, it's pretty cool. software. It's, it's basically what corporations would use for a router, but you can get a home license for up to 50 users. Yeah. So I've been, I've been running a router box for a number of years. Yeah, I think that totally worked for some small businesses. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, <laughs> there are small businesses that don't have as many devices on their network as we do. <laughs> yeah, I know ridiculous <laughs> I mean, seriously so the it, it powers back on but then the the network card's gone so the the external the second network card works fine but the one built in the motherboard is gone so like, uh, fine. so i had an old pc kicking around from uh jesus from my parents that was like a duron 1800 oh my god like really that. really yeah. <laughs> with like a gig of ram wow at a 80 gig SATA or not SATA ATA drive in wow. it. So I just popped my external CD drive onto it, install, popped the good network card into it, and ran that as my router for a few days while I ordered a new mini ITX motherboard for uh, for my router, and had to rebuild that. So it's like ah, that's great. <laughs> so and then <laughs> when I tried to. Uh, my Skype updated on my Mac the other day uh, to 6.3. something, and it stopped working completely. Well, that's that's awesome. So it just, you know, it starts up, and then within three seconds, it crashes and says, you know, send error report. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's lovely. For what it's so worth, I, I think that's probably some kind of weird-ass situation with yours because it's... Uh, it might be the hardware because I... I'm like, well, I have a backup, so I, I used it as an excuse to reinstall OS 10 on my on my uh, Skype on on my Mac, and again, still doesn't work. So now I'm running like Skype two two dot eight on there, like going back to the really old version. Wow! So that's a tech fail there too, and you know, <laughs> it's I'm, it's not been a good week for this kind of stuff, man. Yeah, you're not kidding. But hey, you know, it's where's it going to go? But up. Plus, we've been talking oh, about yeah. a podcast rig refresh because I don't know. I mean, the other thing is, is the O02 is wonderful, but the O02 has been uh, incidentally that's actually it's Digi Design branded. That's back before they sold to Avid. 
but that's it's the, that's the eight channel FireWire import device for what we record the podcasts on. Yeah, appreciated. Yeah, it's a nice piece of gear, but uh, it's circa holy crap, two thousand two. Oh yeah, oh no, no, it's like two thousand one, two thousand two, maybe two thousand one. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 been around, man. <laughs> a little while. You're just waiting for that wiring harness you installed into it to go again, right? Yeah, I think they fixed that pretty well. You gotta give them give them some credit, man. We yeah. shouldn't talk about it. It'll it'll catch it, wind and it'll it'll follow. <laughs> it'll it'll freaking hear us. So yeah, anyway, and and you know the fail continues because uh, there's actually quite a lot of. Uh, of other weirdness going on in the online world. Yeah, it's like, you know, all my hardware's failing, but at least I can go check my Google Reader. Oh, wait. Oh, that's going away, too. That's one of the longest Google projects that's been around for a long time, Google Reader. Yeah, Although, I, oh, man, this sucks. It, it really does suck, and they've been stripping it for years. Like, when Google Plus came along, the, it used to have, like, shared a facebook shared a twitter shared a billion other services right delicious whatever mm-hmm. reddit and then they pulled it all out and said you can just plus one things which is like okay well i wasn't using it for that anyway but it was True. nice to have synced rss articles right and now they're like yeah in july no more google reader you're done so yeah all these other apps and stuff that have been relying on it are like well, I guess we'll have to come up with our own drop-in solution, but there hasn't really been one come forward yet that I'm happy moving over to. Although I did find one that might... Uh, there's an open source project where you can run it on your own web server. Mm. But again, there's no... I think there's no iPhone apps, iOS apps for it, so... Actually, I think the most promising so far is uh, is Reader which has R-E-E-D-E-R, which is saying that they're going to have their own solution. Right, uh, but they don't have that yet. Yeah, but they're going to deploy prior to the end of life. And right. there are two others, and I can't remember now because I was under the desk trying to fix the podcast rig instead of preparing <laughs> for the episode. Uh, but I did find oh, a yeah. couple of, and we'll, we need to talk about this next time because Google Reader is really an important part of my workflow. So I guarantee I'm not going to let it just fade away without a well, replacement. Th- this will be something that will be coming up a number of times before July because we're going to have to find something. And I mean, even if we don't have a solution now, it's like, let's get... Let's get the modern geek uh, minds all looking for something to replace it. Because I, th- I thought that there were a lot of people that use Google Reader and that were very happy with it. But I don't know. I've seen a whole bunch of different perspectives on it. Like, oh, who uses that anymore? Or, or oh, I just follow them on Facebook and get the same thing. Or, oh, well, as a pr- producer, I never got the page views from a Reader RSS feed that I was hoping for anyway. So good riddance. And I don't know. It's just... It's a it's an integral part of my daily workflow. I can't get rid of this. And even if it was just like a reader backend replacement, I still use I still have an Android device and I still want to use it on the web. And well, that like, was the point is that I think I got the feeling and I kind of wish I had these notes in front of me. But the uh, I get the feeling that the reader solution may be more comprehensive than that. Uh, they may have um, something that has a web front end and, a, and an integration tool. There, there was so, one before Google Reader. What was it like, Netvibes or something like that? Oh, those things sucked. Well, they did, oh, they uh, but awful. they all got blo- 
they all got bowled over by Google Reader's feature set, and then they stopped development. You know, the, the scary thing here is that, to a large extent, Microsoft is a lot like Walmart. You know, like... Okay, okay. Like, no, like they, they roll in and, and they create these beta whatever, we're not really committed to at projects, that they commit to way more than people commit to full-on projects. Google? Yeah. Oh, sorry. You said Microsoft. <laughs> I'm sorry. Google is like, uh, I apologize, because I'm looking at this Microsoft box oh, trying okay. to... And I'm yeah. tired and I've been under the desk for the last couple hours. So um, anyway, no, no <laughs> Google is very much like uh, is very much like Walmart. They roll in. You know, Walmart rolls in and they build this big old uh, awesome store that's clean and offers a variety of stuff and everything. And they shut down all the mom and pops. And then eventually they say, you know, we really don't need 23 stores in this area. I think we'll just consolidate to one in this one big city. Right. And, and you're done. And and I think that's what's happening with Google. Like they come along and they do some, they build these solutions, which are beta temporary solutions, according to them. And yet they put more into their beta stuff than most people do into their full on projects, you know? So they end up right. being and these full, awesome things that you use. And then they say, you know, there's not really anything in this for us. I think we'll move on. And it's, it's like, Pow. right. It's kind of the downside of that get something working and improve on it over and over and over again until everyone relies on it model because then you're either stuck supporting it forever or you get rid of it and you leave a whole bunch of people out that would have maybe gone and developed something somewhere else i don't know i'm i mean and, and that's that's why when i see a project like say google keep come along where they're like you know reader's dead but come look at google keep you can take notes and pass it's like well okay <laughs> As soon as that announcement came out, I found this article that was um, that analyzed all the different, um, you know, Google Video, Google, uh, you know, the all the different little projects that have been created and ultimately destroyed right. in, in Google's history. And the mean time between failure for these projects is fourteen hundred and fifty nine days. So you can count, you can probably count on Google Keep to be around till about March 2017, and then they'll have that's, something else. That's the ways off. You got to admit it is, but it was kind of an interesting thing. Like, is this 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 kind of feels a little different from normally when you think of Google projects? Because I've always thought of it. It's like you know, this is cool. This is you know, kind of every they're they're developing these things for the users and. And they're coming out of these beta projects, and it's that 20% of your work time spend on unique projects. But you then know, now we're starting to see the other side of it where it's like, well, in terms of your long-term solution, can you really rely on something that's not Google's primary business focus? Here's one of the problems you run into, too, is that eventually there has to be a free crap bubble. You know, like we have so much stuff that's free right now, and there's no business model for providing it for free. And it's great that they do, but eventually, you know, you've got to imagine people come to their senses and say, you know, there's really no money in this. And yeah, the uh, hell with that. I'd pay 10, 15 bucks a month for yeah, Reader. Yeah, here's the problem. Uh, you know, and that might work for Reader. And I suspect that's why somebody like Reader, R E E D E R, will probably, uh, will probably do okay with it. But. And maybe that's not so bad. I mean, if you think about it, because the problem is, is that you're right. You do that. I'd pay that. Hell, I'd probably pay a little more than that for it. But the problem yeah. is, is there just aren't very many of us. 
And, and I mean, there are for people like you and me, but not for Google. So for Google, they probably got, I don't know, who knows how many millions and millions of dollars sunk into it and have these people putting their time into it that they're paying huge bucks, right? And that's great, except that, you know, come on, ten, it'd take a lot of 10 bucks to make that go. If yeah. it's YouTube, you're, you're, you're good. But if it's well, Reader? And, uh, especially since um, Reader, I would say, is probably a very high traffic uh, yeah, really, really, because it's having to uh, constantly ping all of these different RSS. So it feeds. probably it's has probably, a large operational it's cost. It's probably more of a bandwidth and operational cost more than anything, yeah. not development at this point, because they, oh, they haven't developed yeah. Google Reader in three years. Oh, I don't years. know about that. That's not necessarily true. The last thing was the, the when just, they refreshed the interface, and that was what? Two but you and I just don't ago? use it that much. We use the engine. I, actually, I use it at, at, at work all oh, the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I do so. But we, we're not. <laughs> I should, probably shouldn't have been to that. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> I mean, I never use the web interface. What are you talking about? Only during about? lunch. Only during lunch. But um, Exactly. My lunch hour. Never during meetings. But the thing is, I I, I suspect that. We're not heavy feature users. Like you go in and you, the worst thing I use are like hotkeys. I mean, I don't really use the high end functionality in the base. They could have added a bunch of that and I would have never known. Yeah. You know, I just want it to work at a basic level. Oh, yeah, I've never used any of the hotkeys. I'm just like, keep track of my crap for me, please. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. In a non BS way. Yeah. Well, that, that's why I'm going to start trying out as many of these as I can, even if yeah. it's just duplicating all my feeds over to them using it for five minutes and realizing it sucks and moving away or whatever. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm, I got to figure out what to do because I am very much using RSS still. So, yeah, well, sadly, uh, we are going to have to deal with it. I don't want to, but there you go. You know, I had a link for you, uh, that I thought you, you'd get a kick out of this. Um, I made a tiny URL out of it. Um, if you go to tinyurl.com slash piespeed, P-I-S-P-E-E-D. I'm doing this on my iPhone. Okay, sorry. It's a YouTube video, so you, <laughs> you may want to uh, turn down the volume there. But what this is is that this guy has taken a Raspberry Pi, one of those little mini computers, right? Uh-huh. And has um, put a custom board onto it rigged it into a projector, mounted the projector on his handlebars of his bike. Nice. And projects your, your speed onto the street in front of you. Oh, with one of the Pico projector? That's nice. Yeah. I'm so it's like, and he's like, you know, I can add more stuff li- later. Right now it's just a speedometer, but it's like it's kind of a heads-up display for your bike. Nice. It's, really, it's, a, it's a cool thing to watch, too, because he's got like the... Um, the beta kit is mounted between in, in the frame, right? Like it's not a compact thing yet. Um, so he's got like you know a big circuit board sitting out there and whatever. But it's it's one of these cool projects. It's like there's no there's no real reason to to use it in the current iteration that he has there. But it's like one of those things that could really turn into something cool. Well, that's that's part of the cool nature of this kind of project. They are very 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 hacker friendly. You know, yeah. the idea is you can take this stuff and you can mock something. Oh, I love the board he's got mounted in the middle. That's funny. I know, it's right? It's <laughs> tied to the bike. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm watching the video while we're going. I had to sit through an ad first. Take that money and make Google Reader go. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> you bastards. No, I'm just kidding. But you're not bitter. <laughs> I'm not because they gave me this crap for free for a number of years. So even if they take it away, they're still cool. But 
Anyway, no, it's funny. So, yeah, I love the way you can just dream something up these days and without being a freaking, you know, uh, uh, embedded software genius. And boy, I don't know if you ever did embedded back in the in, in the days before this kind of stuff, but my, it is not easy and just scary and no overlap to anything else you do. So and here you are with this device that's, you know, Python friendly and just. I mean, well, yeah, and it's got like the API already built for it. Oh, yeah. You you get that board for the Raspberry Pi and you just say, all right, here's your ins, here's your outs, go. Yeah, I know. I got one and it's it's fun to play with, you know, and uh, um, yeah, so many neat things. I mean, you could probably do this with uh, uh, with some of the other little devices as well. Mm -hmm. This is cool. Look at this. Tidyurl.com slash P-I-S-P-E-E-D. Very cool. And just fast forward to the part where you see him riding it, which is yeah, it's about two minutes in, and you know he he's in he's in the city, and so it's it's at night, and it's there's a lot of street light, but you can still see the uh, the projected speed on the ground. It's kind of cool. It is. It's funny. What's really funny is that uh, of course everybody in the universe knows your speed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like everybody, you, you know what it, it's like, though? It's sort of like a uh, a horizontal version of like The Sims. Right. But say, <laughs> say you say you develop out a little bit more on this. He's not right? very fast on the bike either. I, I got to no, say. No, he isn't. <laughs> that's that's but what lame. I was thinking is like once you have this type of platform built, uh-huh. you don't have to necessarily plug it into a projector. No, agreed. You can plug it into a little LCD that's, you know, just like a, oh, man, you know, a heads things. up. Or you know, make a little heads up. Uh, you could plug project. it into an LCD, and you could completely duplicate the three dollar device that you could buy. That's the size of your thumb now. <laughs> yeah, but it, this, this is never. This is that's never the point, man. It's, this is yes, but this is, but you could totally uh, you know connect it to your cell phone and have it tweet your speed at any yeah, given. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it, I know that there's already commercials solutions that do basically this, but it's it's it's. I I always think this kind of stuff's cool. I do too. It, this is all this always all the stuff that I would like. I would totally do this. Yeah. If I had any time left during the day. <laughs> no kidding. You are not kidding about that. It's a cool solution though. Mm. Yeah. So I can't see the normal thing that we look at to see what's coming next. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so Segway, I, actually have, I actually have no idea. <laughs> there was one other thing that was kind of related here. Um, there's a, I don't know if it's the company or the product name, uh, uh, called Automatic. Uh, oh, yeah, no, of course. Is what it? this is, is it, it's a Bluetooth connection to the, um, to your iPhone or Android device, I believe. It, it, it's a little, uh, nub that plugs into the ODB2 port of your car and it decodes all of that information, um, and presents it in, in a very readable format on your phone. So you can kind of see, well, what the check engine light came on. What is that? Is that just the, uh, do I just have a bad O2 sensor in my exhaust or what's going on here? And it'll give you like diagnostics. If there are any alarms that are resettable, it'll let you do that. Um, shows you your, your um, fuel efficiency, all, all, the, all the details that are coming out of there. And they're launching this May, and the unit is only $70. So this is cool for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, 
Uh, ODB one was the old, and this stands for onboard diagnostics. This is like an old. This is like the thing if you have smog tests in your in your state or country or whatever. Like in in some U.S. states, they have smog tests. Like in Texas, they do. And when you go in to get your vehicle inspected, uh, they old ones. What they would have to do is uh, plug the uh, plug into the ODB uh, one port, which would allow them to get the speedometer. Uh, in some ways and, 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 or just do it manual. I'm sorry. And they would just do it manually and they would get in and run it at certain speeds with a sensor plugged into the back. Right. Right. Uh, the new ones, what they do is they plug into the ODB two port, which has a much more complex data interface and allows you to see really a whole lot of data about what the car is doing, including its own internal smog data. And, and it's been standard since 96 in all cars. Right. So a lot of them have it. Now, I mean, obviously, you can get the older ones inspected, but it's a little bit of more time consuming and so on. And uh, now I've had a reader for a long time. I mean, Sean and I bought one, I don't know, a couple of years ago, many years ago, probably six years ago, when we had some issues with a couple of vehicles and, and needed to be able to not just not just do the basic reading, but really see what was going on. So we have a fairly complex one that you plug in. Incidentally, if you ever need to do any of this, you can always go to almost any auto zone or any place like that. And they have what they call a rental plan where you essentially pay for the unit. It's, it's a rental unit, but you give them the full price for it and you do yeah. your thing and then you give it back to them and they give you the money back. So uh, you can actually go get one of the, you don't need to buy anything. You can just go do it. And a lot of people have said, you know, this will be a great, iphone app because the 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 trick is displaying the data like obd1 you had to do things like uh essentially they had a little block that you would plug into it and then you would cycle the 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 ignition a certain number of times and then it would flash in a in a series of codes and you have to count the flashes and some of them are like 20 of them so you're like one two three oh crap do it again and uh, and then you look it up in a book right the new ones you just plug them in and the computer says oh it's this and tells you what's going on yeah, it just pipes but, it through a serial output and says, here you go. Yeah, it gives all, uh, access to a bunch of the car's sensors, like the speed and, and like you said, O2 and some other stuff. It also gives uh, lets you see what the computer has determined is wrong, which is generally not what's wrong, but rather what it senses, which sensor is failing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing, uh, to, and this is a fun one that I just, uh, I, well, first of all, everybody's plugging, the, the idea behind this is that with the speed sensor, with fuel sensor and some of the uh, the other, the, the uh, burn sensors related to the whole uh, smog process, they can get a lot of information which can be recorded by your phone or the device and, and downloaded to the phone. And along with GPS and some other things, it can make some pretty neat inferences from that and give you an idea of fuel efficiency and what you can do and give you some active displays that would be very expensive to build into the car. But uh, if you go to resetting the the, uh, check engine light, some things you should know about this. If you intend to go and get your car inspected, don't reset the check engine light. Why? (laughs) Because they know about that, and the computer that they plug it into is smart enough to tell that you've reset the light. And there's a process that the car has to go through a certain number of like cycles or whatever before it's decided that it has enough data to go through the process to confirm that it's working correctly. If you have not been through that process, they cannot inspect the car. It'll fail. It's not that they will say, oh, we can't inspect it because it's not there. They'll plug it in and it'll fail. Uh, We found this out the hard way. Uh, we had a real problem that we fixed and we reset the light, went in to get it inspected and it failed. And we're like, what the hell? 
And thankfully, we kind of knew the guy, and he went through, and he's like, oh, yeah, did you reset it? And we're like, yep. So anyway, things you should know. Uh, I suspect these will come up. I saw that BMW is is has embraced this and is uh, working with them to create an app or some kind of built-in automatic thing that's already in the car that connects to it. So, Yeah, there, there, and I mean, there, there's a lot of manufacturers these days that will try to use this information in other ways, like the Ford Sync stuff is all right is all the same kind of stuff. Um, I think it's really cool, though, to just be able to have this kind of, you know, yeah. I have an iPhone and I have one of these devices. And I mean, I've seen these in the past, like where it's like you plug it in, you run a cable up to your smartphone and, and but it, they've always been like multiple hundreds of dollars and they've always been kind of clunky. And well, yeah, they don't have the as, as far as power. I can tell by the demo here they it looks like it's going to be a pretty like very, um, very new app, very clean, and just giving you the information that you would want to know. Like, and I, I think that's cool to kind of take that modern thinking of technology and apply it to a car, which most people don't really think about much more than their stereo, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think this will be a good thing. It'll be a lot of fun. I'll be picking one up just to see what it does. <laughs> Hell yeah, why not? You know. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Gone through all the complaints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there there was one other thing I wanted to to. Uh, we're we're pretty much. I think we're about around the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. but there was one other thing that uh, I wanted to talk about, and there was uh, it came from the meetup. Um, the uh, a lot of people when they got there realized that communicating over Twitter or um, via text message was was actually a little bit of a problem because with Twitter you'd have you know it was it was hard to get everybody uh, seeing a message like we're going to meet in the lobby or whatever like that and with text messaging it would be I have to send out 30 different text messages so right. um, I think it was I'm not sure if it was Ray Mani that came across this um, an app called group me ah okay it's for iPhone and Android and text message, and there's a web interface as well. And what it does is it's basically like a group text message. Like if you ever use iMessage and get into a group chat uh, with multiple recipients, um, it's like that, but um, with a little bit of extra function. Like you can just add, you can add people to the conversation, and everybody gets everybody in that conversation. Like we had a conversation called GWC 2013 Meetup. And as people were showing up, they were added to this group me conversation. And then it was like a running, um, like a back IRC channel for the meetup of, nice. you know, just when people were trying to communicate. And, you know, like um, a few of us went over to a thrift store that turned out to be a furniture store and we needed a ride. So <laughs> go on group me. Uh, Haley, could you come pick us up? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And, uh, and you can, there's even a little bit of social in there. Like you can, uh, uh, upvote a comment or something like that that people put in there and uh, you can do private messaging in there uh, it's actually pretty good um, I had no idea I had not ever heard of it I, uh, but it's something to check out groupme.com or group.me um, I believe either works and uh, just you know start out putting the app on on everybody's devices and make a channel and works great share photos and that kind of stuff works. 
No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I know everybody used the hell out of it at the meetup and had good things to say about it. So well, I think I think the biggest um, the biggest praise for it is just what I keep repeating here is that it just works. I mean, there's so many times where you come across these chat applications that, well, sometimes they don't deliver correctly, and sometimes they uh, sometimes you have problems connecting multiple people together. This just worked. I don't think we ran into any technical issues other than when you had to go figure out how to turn off uh, push notifications because it was just a little too much to get out. You'd have one person sending a message and around the room you hear <laughs> from, from everybody's uh, That's ringtones going off. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, this was fun. I, it was definitely more fun than the process leading up to it. I will leave this <laughs> set up. Well, I think pretty much anything would be... Uh, oh, you're not kidding. I'm going to leave this set up so uh, we can... We can use it until we can get this rig fixed. But in the meantime, don't worry. The podcast will keep coming. So, And once again, thank you for everybody that came oh, to yeah. the meetup, and, and in particular the, um, the, the Modern Geek panel. I, I know um, we got a lot of feedback as to, to what everybody seems to like about the podcast and, uh, and uh, the, just in terms of general geekiness. And uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's put a, a new fire under my butt to, to kind of put – uh, put forward some interesting uh, projects into into the podcast here. So that's awesome! Thank you. Hell yes! And uh, we will see you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.